Hello, Edgy Gladiators. Marlena Gross-Taylor here, and I am super excited to bring another Edgy Gladiators live podcast to you, and even more excited to have an amazing new voice in education, Dennis Griffin Jr. Say, say hey to everyone, Dennis. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. Marlena, thank you for being so nice to invite me. I'm really excited, and I might be a little nervous about this opportunity, so just bear with me, but I know you're going to support me, and I'm hopefully going to be here to support you as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, guys, if you have not checked out Dennis's uh, blog, I Am Batman, you're missing a treat. You can find that on edugladiators.com, where it's our featured guest blog, or you can follow Dennis along on Twitter, or the Edgy Gladiators handle, where we've been blasting it out, also on our Instagram, uh, on our Facebook group page, because this, this blog post is absolutely dynamite, absolutely dynamite. And so, uh, Dennis, before we jump in that, though, I'm so excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't you tell everyone uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are, what do you do in education uh, and where where do you do it? All right. My name, as Marlena said, my name is Dennis Griffin Jr. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, born and raised. Um, I'm not going to tell you my age right now because superheroes never really reveal their age. It has continued to get older with time. So I'm not going to reveal that. Uh, I currently work in the school district of Waukesha in Waukesha, Wisconsin, where I'm the principal of Prairie Elementary School. I've been the principal there for two years. I've been a principal for three years in total, and I'm going into my 11th year in education. So I really just love working with students to help them maximize their potential for the future and remove any self-doubt that they have. I have two beautiful young daughters, Amaya and Alana Griffin. If they're watching, I promised them I would give them a shout out. My parents are probably also watching. And their mother, uh, literacy lover P PT, is Patrice Terrell. She's probably also watching if she's home from Alana's track meet right now or track practice one. Oh my gosh. Well, you are super busy and you must have superhero powers to do all of the things that I know goes into leading a school and leading a community, actually, of, of great kids and parents and teachers and all of those things. Um, you know, Dennis, normally at the end of any of our Edgy Gladiators podcasts, I always ask the question, who's your favorite superhero and why? Because it oftentimes gives me and our viewers insight to the characteristics that our guests finds really important and that they value through who they identify with in their superheroes. But your post, I Am Batman, uh, that is featured on edugladiators.com, we're gonna start with that question right there because you say you're Batman. I love the pictures that you shared with us. Uh, so I'd love to start there. Who is your favorite superhero and why? I'm going to, we could really be here all night talking about who's my favorite superhero. I will be honest, I watch all cartoons that I possibly can with my free time. So I love superheroes, they inspire me on so many different levels. I'm going to stick with Batman. Um, I know I said in the post, I will say Incredible Hulk because he's still very near and dear to my heart, but I'm going to say Batman. And when you think about Batman, he doesn't have a real superpower. He doesn't have super strength. He doesn't have super speed. 
he uses his intellect to do the best that he can to save and protect the innocent. And when I think about myself in my principal role or in when I was a teacher, the kids were the innocent ones for me. Their families were the innocent ones for me. Their future was what I was trying to protect, what I still try to protect, what I build strong teams to protect because I want them to be able to ascertain anything that their heart desires when we're talking about their dreams, goals, and aspirations. As you can see, I brought my Batman costume in the back just in case I need to change and go rescue someone. <laughs> um, I'm secretly located in what is typically called the Batcave. It's Cardinal Stritch's library because I am working on my doctoral degree. So I was working on that a little bit before our um, conversation started. But Batman is very strategic. He, he's willing to sacrifice for the good of the team. Um, but I will also have to go on record and say as much as I love Batman, if Batman and Superman were to go one-on-one, -on -one, I really doubt Batman's potential in defeating Superman. But that's what makes it so Batman so amazing. He defies the odds. You can put Batman in any situation and he will figure it out. He will work with his team to figure it out to do what's best for mankind. That's awesome. That's awesome. And hey guys, if you're watching live right now, you can use the live chat feature uh, during the podcast to drop in your comments, drop in any questions that you might have for our guest, Dennis Griffin Jr. And we'll pause throughout our time tonight to ask those questions so you can hear from Batman, I mean, Dennis, right away. Uh, we'd love That's to have your questions <laughs> That's your secret identity. We'd love to have your questions. So please feel free to, to drop that in there in the live chat feature. Okay. Dennis, so here's the first question for you. In your blog post, you mentioned that belief was a key component of superheroes overcoming obstacles. How has that affected that belief? How has that affected how you lead your school and then hopefully trickle down to your teachers and students? Um, when you are talking about leading the school or not even just a school or classroom or even your families at home. If I don't believe that I can do something or if I don't believe in someone else's ability to do something, they're not going to be able to do it. Um, I can even relate this and I'll talk more about it in the blog that the next blog that I'm going to try to write. Initially, there's always the self doubt of can we accomplish something? And that holds us back. Um, when you think about failing, the word fail does not feel good, but it's a part of growth. It's a part of the process. But we are intimidated to fail. I understand that. And I remember being a math teacher, and I wanted kids to come to the board and solve problems, and they wouldn't come at first. And I was trying to figure out why, and then it hit me one day. If I had to go to the math board and answer a question and for a number of years, I've never been considered good at math. I always get the answer wrong. Well, now my peers are laughing at me or they're mocking me or they're telling me I'm not intelligent, I'm not smart, just because I answered a problem wrong. So what we did is we changed the culture. Everybody had to go to the board because I'm a firm believer that every kid wants to go to the front of the board and answer the question, they just lost their way. So whether you got the answer correct, whether you were incorrect, the entire class applauded you and motivated you to continue to go to the board and solve the answers. And just that belief, 
um, we saw so many positive changes within kids. I run into kids now that I had the pleasure of teaching when they were in seventh or eighth grade. And there was one young lady that told me, Mr. Griffin, do you remember I had an IEP for math when I was in your seventh grade, eighth grade math class? I said, yes. And she's currently in the 10th grade. And she says, I still have an IEP for English, but I don't have one for math anymore. Mm. Now, that wasn't that I was this great math teacher because I went an alternative route in order to get become a teacher and become a principal. But it was just the mere belief that she knew I was always going to be there. I was going to help her. I was not going to let her fall. Um, you're with me and we're a team. So we're going to protect each other. We're going to become great together. Um, when I first started teaching, I told everybody my name was Great Griffin because who Great Griffin is something you want to be a part of. Like I told everybody that we're great. I'm great. But I was only great because my students were great. And I waited to the end of the year to tell them that 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 was the secret to my greatness, that they were great, that they came to school every day willing to work and willing to persevere over any obstacle. So that's really how I really view the belief piece. If I believe in you, if you believe in me, we can accomplish anything. But the moment we have self-doubt, we've created two problems. First, we have to knock down the wall of self-doubt, and then we have to go through the work process. Well, what if we just went ahead and believed in each other and started to do the work right away? I think that'd be very beneficial. Oh so. my gosh, that's that's why you're a superhero right there. Like, that's amazing. I'm just an average guy that's part of a great team. When you're a part of something greater than yourself, you're always going to aspire to do more. Um, just think about what would happen if you see the potential in a kid. You see it in them and you're trying to pull it out of them and they are not buying in right away. But eventually through the time, course of the year, they start to believe and all of a sudden, wow, they're here. And the first conversation you have is what could have happened if you would have had that belief at the beginning of the school year? How powerful would it be if we lived in a world where what I saw in you, you also saw in yourself right away. And that started from home. It started from kindergarten. It started from everybody you interacted with. Uh, every educator in the building that I'm the principal of, I want them to be the best. I believe in every last one of them. I believe in our parents. Our parents send us the best they have each and every day. And how can we not nourish that? How can we not treat that? That is a, such a valued gift. We, we have to cultivate that. And if, we, if everybody's cultivating that belief, Wow, the harvest season will be great. Yes, yes. it will. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's probably over kindred spirits is because uh, everybody that knows me uh, knows that I'm not just optimistic, but I don't just have hope, but I like to have an action plan so that hope can become a reality, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was asked recently, like, where do I get my inspiration from? Like, how did this start? How, how does this deep belief that I have in myself and my kids and in other people how, how did that start? So um, I'd love to hear for you, like, where did you get this deep-seated belief that is obviously ingrained in every part of your being? Where did you get that from? Where did that come from? Um, I would say it started with my parents. My I was very fortunate with um, having my mom and dad, uh, Dennis and Sandra Griffin, and my younger brother, Corey Griffin. And my parents instilled a strong... Um, faith belief system. Um, I'm believing God very 
strongly, very passionate about that. But my parents also made me very aware that there are going to be obstacles in my life. There are going to be trials and I'm going to have to make a decision. I'm going to have to decide if I'm going to work hard and persevere and be my absolute best, or am I just going to give up and quit? And in my household, giving up and quitting was never an option. We were a family. We will work this out together. We will figure it out. And as I went to school, it kind of translated over where no matter what I did, I always wanted to try to be the best. I never wanted to let my parents down. And as I continued to grow older, what I've started to realize is that you also become a role model for others. Like you never know who's watching you and your actions. They might not tell you right away that they're watching, but they're watching. They're watching every step that you make. They're watching, do your words really align with your core belief systems and what you said. Um, going into my second year at Prairie, the first year, it was getting to know everybody. But the second year, it was really, we said we were going to do these things in year one, are you going to be true to that? And we were true to that. We saw a major culture shift within our school because of that. But everybody's watching. And I also think a lot. Um, I remember when I wasn't a principal. I remember when I graduated from Marquette. I remember having my first daughter and trying to visualize what type of life do I want her to have and how can I make her proud? I visualize what my life would be like if I did not have an education. And that's a question that I often ask educators. What would you be doing right now if you do not have an education? And when I think about that, and I think about the kids that I serve and the parents that I serve, that motivates me to overcome any obstacle that might be in our way. I don't care if it's behavior. I don't care if it's a disability. We need to overcome it because the quality of life depends on it. So we can't fail. Because if we fail, what happens to kids? Um, the cycles of poverty that we experience in life, we can help, education can help put an end to that. It's not the, the end all be all solution, but it's a great stepping stone to, to level the playing field. And everybody deserves that. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So how do you help, um, how do you help some of your teachers who, may not have as strong a belief um, for their students get that belief? How do you help them come on board? And also, how do you help them create a classroom environment where kids aren't afraid to tap into their super uh, powers, their inner superpowers to try new things? Um, if, if I talk to the staff members, they will say I'm very, very energetic. Uh, we start the day about 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. And when I walk through the door, I've been told on numerous occasions upstairs and downstairs that you can tell the moment I walk in the building because I'm saying good morning to everyone at the top of my lungs. Um, I vowed when I became a principal, I wouldn't be the principal that stayed in the principal's office. Um, every day I try to get into classrooms and I try to give feedback. I try, and it's not necessarily evaluation feedback but conversations about what's happening with your practice, how can I help you and how can you help me, uh, really goes a long way. We've had um, different educators within the building. Sometimes they struggle with classroom management, but we don't. I don't avoid the situation. Um, a lot of times we will see a teacher that's struggling with classroom management and we'll talk about it behind closed doors, but we don't do anything 
to say, how can I help you? Have you tried this strategy? So I honestly just go and have conversations with people and tell them I'm here to support them. What do you need? What is your fear? What's the worst thing that can happen if this continues? And if it's really about student learning, is this getting in the way of student learning? And I asked them to tell me what you envision your classroom to look like, because that way I can help create it. But you can't take my exact style and go into a classroom um, because kids will see through that. And if they see through that, they're not going to believe that you're genuine. They're going to say you're trying to be Mr. Griffin. So we're not buying it. Teachers have to be able to tap into who they are and not be afraid to let some of their personality out with their students. Um, you already have a relationship with your kids. You're the teacher, they're the student. But the question is, how do we enhance that relationship to ensure academic achievement and social emotional awareness and just growth all the way around? So it's really not avoiding the conversation. Sometimes it's very easy to walk away or just say, we're just gonna find different teachers to come in. But that doesn't solve the problem because at that moment, the most precious gift of another person is in your hands. So we need to have these conversations and they're tough. But we come up with a systematic plan. What's the first thing that we can look at? Who are your pyramid leaders within the classroom? Where are you allowing students to sit in your classroom? Are you using proximity? Are the lessons engaging? Um, I often tell people that when I taught, I would think, if I say this, I know that this student is going to say this. What is my response? I need to have a response ready. And that goes back to like the whole Batman piece because Batman already has a response to what's going to happen. He's already thought it through and planned it out. So what happens is students start to realize that you're five steps ahead of where they are and it's easier to bring them along. And then you do the extra things. You go to recess with them. You set up plans. You know what? I'm going for Culver's today. You want to, do you want to join me? You go play basketball. And also by being in classrooms more, I'm more proactive in dealing with a lot of the behaviors because now I'm meeting you before you ever get the chance to even come to the principal's office. And those relationships are really powerful and strong to me. Wow, that's amazing. Guys, if you uh, have any questions for Dennis, please put it in the chat, uh, the live chat feature, and I'll be happy to ask that so you can hear directly from Batman superhero Dennis Griffin himself. Uh, Dennis, you know, one of the things that you mentioned in your blog um, here is that what if our kids, you always ask yourself, what if our kids truly saw what I saw deep within them and the unlimited potential of their future to change the world? That really, really like made me shout out an amen on that one because I often tell people the quote from Albert Einstein that if we, if we did all the things that, um, that we were capable of, we would astound ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how do we get our kids to tap into their, their potential in that way? Um, first, we have to remove the boxes that they live in. Um, a lot of times, society has given us preconceived notions of what good is, what great is, and that I might not be able to ascertain that. And if you really think about it, if I'm not proficient at something in second grade, does that mean that I'm a failure? Absolutely not. You still have third grade, you still have fourth grade, you still have time to learn it. Um, so when we put kids into this box that's based on their deficiencies, 
how do we celebrate their willingness to grow? And not just highlight, um, I don't always necessarily believe in giving everybody a ribbon or a medal or a trophy, but we really do have to set up systems to let kids truly know it's okay if you're not perfect at it the first time. Guess what? I failed. I failed many times. But we often, when we're working with kids, we don't look at it that way. If you don't know your multiplication facts by fourth grade, does that mean you're going to be the worst math student in the world? Absolutely not. But guess what? They created this little device called a calculator. And as I'm helping you learn how to master your math facts without a calculator, you can use and we can really get into the critical thinking aspects of the math lesson as opposed to just worried about the fluency of it. Um, we need to value them where they are and really value who they are. Um, there are some students that when you really look at their situation that they're coming from sometimes. Um, education might not be the number one thing on their plate. I've dealt with situations like that with students. However, I never allow that to be an excuse. When you walk into these doors, our number one thing is to get you, make sure you get the best education possible. I'm going to help provide as many supports that I possibly can. I will talk to your parents. I will do whatever I can. Uh, when I used to teach, I used to pick kids up on a weekend to go play basketball. Um, parents were so connected, they would often tell their son or daughter, if you don't follow the rules, I'm going to tell Mr. Griffin on Monday because I was that invested in them being their absolute best. All kids want is someone to truly believe in them and give them their absolute best. Um, when I talk to a kid, I never type on my computer. When I'm talking to a kid, I'm not on my phone. I want to give them my undivided attention because they deserve it. And those little pieces will allow them to pull out that excellence that's within them. Uh, there was a young lady this year, she wasn't good at writing. She came to our school. I'm not gonna say she wasn't good. She perceived that she wasn't good at writing. And I told her, here's what we're going to do. We're going to journal to each other every week. So I made the first entry. She wrote an entry and gave it back. I gave her an entry back. And not only did I get to know a little bit more about her, and she got to know a little bit more about me, the confidence level that she had when I would walk into her classroom and the smile that she had that I was personally coming to bring her a notebook. And now all of a sudden other kids started to talk to her a little bit more because she had a connection with me. And if that's what brings people to you, um, that's fine with me. But we, we can't give up. We, we can't. We have to just continue to inspire and just say, do your best. And I'm going to help you do the rest and then show kids how far they've grown over time. That's the part that we often leave out is we're so focused on getting to the end destination. We don't give kids the time to reflect over. This is where you were at the beginning of the year. This is where you are now. Imagine where we're going to take you next year and allow them to be part of the goal setting process. I love that answer. Hey, uh, we have a question, Dennis, from Addison, who's watching live. Thanks, Addison, for joining uh, in. Um, and if you see me looking to the side, I have all this technology around me. I say it every time. I'm 28 forever because superheroes never age, right, Dennis? Right. right. Um, so I'm tapping into my inner Wonder Woman. There you and, go. Uh, and have all of these things around me. But Addison asked this question. Can you give an example as a principal how you balance the need for significant growth with the recognition that learning and failure process needs time and sometimes additional help. 
Okay, say that one more time. Okay. That's a loaded question. It is, it's a great question. Um, can you give an example as a principle on how you balance the need for significant growth with the recognition that learning and, and failure, that whole process needs time and takes, and sometimes needs additional help? I'm just writing down something so I can just refer back. So I want to make sure I get everything. Okay, no problem. Great question, Addison. Thank you. And for those of you that are watching, please type, uh, type in your questions in our live chat feature and we'll be happy to ask them. Uh, if you want to talk about an area that I'm growing in, it will be this area. This is an area that I would say I'm growing in uh, because I'm human too and I want to see change happen. Like, this is our plan. Let's execute it. Let's go. Uh, but I often go back and I thank my uh, leadership team and some of my supervisors and my parents for helping me realize that Rome wasn't built overnight. Dennis Griffin didn't get here overnight. None of us achieved what we currently are overnight. So do not allow yourself to become frustrated or burnt out by trying to make monumental growth in a short period of time because if that growth can't be sustained, how significant was that growth? So the very first thing example I would give is this all resides in the power of a team. And one of the things that I preach at Prairie Elementary is that we will have strong collaborative teams. Um, the power of the team can overcome any obstacle. If you even watch like the current Avenger movies, the individual movies are really good, but the movies that really captivate you is when you bring all of the talents of all the individuals together and they all feel their role for the success of the team. That's where I would say how I balance this growth, that we have real trust. And when I say trust, I don't mean the trust where I trust you're going to do your job. I'm trusting that you're going to be very honest with me and I can be very honest with you about what my needs are, what your needs are, what my expectations are, and what your expectations are, and how we can blend that towards a common vision that's going to ensure success for everyone. So when we're talking about significant growth, I think one of the mistakes that we make is that we look for significant growth overnight, where we should really have it spanned out over a course of three to five years. Um, where do we, what is the world that we want to create? Like that's where we really start and then backtrack it. What are the necessary steps that are going to help us get there? Um, and so when you do it that way and at Prairie, um, I will be open with you guys. Um, after my first year, we realigned all of our grade level teams with the exception of kindergarten. So last year, Everybody in the building, with the exception of the kindergarten, had a brand new partner for their first year together. And there were some hiccups. There was, what's your teaching style? What's mine? What's our common expectation working together? And through that process, we learned a lot about each other. So as we were learning more about each other, we were also increasing our own expectations of each other. And we were monitoring our growth. Like we continue to monitor it on an ongoing basis. Um, sometimes when we talk about the significant growth, we'll take an assessment at the beginning of the year, and then at the end of the year, we'll look to see if we grew. Well, what did we do in between to ensure that we're taking the right steps? And 
if everybody grows a little bit each year, but we're truly a team throughout our entire system, the capacity of everyone is going to be enhanced because we can learn from each other. And when that happens, true growth will really happen without, throughout the entire system and it will be sustainable. Um, at our school this year, we saw a lot of growth in regards to our academic test scores um, on the assessments that we gave, but that was really more aligned with the growth that we had as teams of educators collaborating that funneled through our students because they saw that we were on the same page and parents saw that same thing. Um, so when we're talking about additional help, we all need additional help, but it's being very strategic on what are the most important pieces that we need for additional help. So I would say just going back to creating really strong teams, um, having a common expectation of what we actually hope to achieve within a shorter time period, as opposed to looking to hit a home run every time, it's okay to get to first base. It's okay to go to second base. And before you know it, if we keep batting singles, eventually everybody's going to score and we win at the end of the day. I love that. And I love how you talk about you need time to change, mm -hmm. to make those changes because we live in instant gratification in our society. Like we live in that space of instant gratification. And so just like our kids are, uh, you know, easily frustrated if answers don't come to them or if they don't understand something or if they don't know something, they ask Siri, you know, um, I love the idea of you stressing the fact that we need to pull it back a little bit and, and level set that learning is a process that doesn't happen overnight. Of course, we love to have those big wins, and I know in our in our education world, you know, we really um, we really elevate those districts that have been turnaround districts. Mm -hmm. You know, but if you listen to their story, our most successful turnaround districts, for the most part, it did not happen in one year. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's kind of like when somebody is a a, a music star, or a pop star, and just because we just heard about them, when we look back in their story they have been grinding for like years, you know, in the music business. Um, and so I love that idea of us level setting on what is the learning process and giving time for those things to happen for the learning and the failure and the learning and the reteaching to happen and, again. And don't forget unlearning because there's like, when you know something, when you have to make a change, you have to unlearn your regular way of doing something. And it is such a valid point that you talked about that this notion of an overnight success. I remember when I became a principal, um, people just started to say like, wow, like you made it, like you've been, well, I can't tell you my age, but with the exception of three years of my life, I've been in school learning to in some capacity. So I wasn't an overnight success. I was really working and trying to learn as much as I possibly could to follow the plan that I believe was I was destined to walk through. And it's the same thing in schools. When you get a new lesson, when you're learning how to, the responsibility of whoever's in your building, a new student in your building, it takes time. And if we were all perfect, uh, I tell people this, we wouldn't have any jobs. <laughs> yes, yes. If every kid knew everything at the exact same time, there wouldn't be a need for us, but we're also there to grow them in other capacities. So sometimes we also have to recognize how they're growing emotionally, socially. Um, when you talk about superheroes, they fail a lot, but they never give up. They always persevere. Batman spent years 
overseas, training in different countries, learning different fighting styles, reading, being taught from the most educated people in the world. And then he came back. But his parents, his tragedy didn't happen. And then he became Batman the next day. It takes time. So just continue to be around people that will also support you through that change because it's going to be difficult for you. And that's another reason why that team aspect is so important. Absolutely. So Superman had kryptonite. He was, that was a weakness. And I'd say maybe even his fear was losing the people that were closest to him, his human family and, and all of that. Uh, Batman, of course, I think loss also played a part as, as one of his fears of, of loss of people close to him. I'd love to know, what are you afraid of? And how do you tap into your superpowers to work through that fear? And then how can we encourage our teachers and, and students to do the same, to overcome their fears? You're gonna, you're gonna ask me that live in front of everyone? Like, yes, yes. You, you're never supposed to expose your, your true weakness to everyone, Marlene. Uh, it, okay, we have a we have a group of, of wow. gladiators in the ring with you that we wow. are surrounding you. We have wow. your back. Failure. Um, my greatest fear is failure. Um, there are certain situations, certain obstacles that I had to overcome, and people would assume that I wouldn't be where I was. And I never wanted those people to be proven right. The people that doubted me when I was trying to become an administrator or trying to make sure that I was on the high honor roll. Um, I never want my parents to feel that their work was in vain. I never wanted any educator that was ever a part of my life because I think every single one of them, now that I'm an educator, I want them to know that what they instilled in me really mattered to me. And I'm trying to pay it forward. Um, I'm afraid that if we don't change, what happens to the kids that I serve? And not just my kids, just the kids in our world in general. What is our future going to look like? My daughters are getting older. Uh, my oldest daughter is going to high school and she hasn't changed a bit, but I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> and so, grabbing your shotgun. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you're all your bat tools. Yes, up there, right? Um, I have my utility belts right here. <laughs> for anybody that wants to know. Um, but it's a fear of failure. It's a fear that, am I good enough? It's a fear of what if my plan didn't work? Who, what unintended consequences did someone else feel because of a decision that I made? Um, and how does that affect them in the long run? Those failure is it for me. Um, and this is me being very transparent and vulnerable. So it's a little bit difficult for me to even talk about it. Um, because even though you're supported by edu gladiators and you're supported by um, other superheroes, one of the things that we fail to talk about when it comes to leadership is that no matter what you do, there will be a faction of people that will criticize you and not agree with what you're doing. But you can't own that. You have to align with your moral compass to know that you're doing what's best for the greater good. And that failure, that the mere thought of what could happen if 
my kids don't have the opportunity to access a college degree? What are their outcomes in life? How do they break the cycle of poverty? How do they um, provide for their families that they're going to have one day? Those are the things that stick with me a lot is that I just, I pray that I don't fail um, to such a degree where it endangers others. Um, because that means a lot to me. And that goes for people I work with as well. Um, I don't want to put them in a situation where they fail because I promised them I would always support them. I promised them I would help them through whatever situation they faced. So if I put them in a situation and I wasn't able to balance everything with them, that's not entirely their fault. I have to take some ownership in that. So it's really going back to being with really united people that are working towards that greater good, something greater than ourselves. Um, because it's very easy to fall into an individualistic mindset. And when you do that, you really obtain more of the status quo than what can I sacrifice for someone else? And is that sacrifice enough? Um, I believe the students that I work with are going to be the change agents of the future. They're going to be the future leaders. And what we implant in them now, hopefully, sticks with them and they'll be the change that the world really needs. Um, so that's, that's it for me, that failure piece. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And look, it wasn't just me asking that, although I asked the question, then I looked down at the chat and Nicholas uh, Norfolk had asked the same, same thing, you know, so. Great minds think alike, Nicholas. Great job, um, Nicholas. <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's important because when you talk about inspiring others, especially kids, because kids can see right through people that are not authentic, mm -hmm. like you mentioned earlier in your chat. I think it's important to share us as leaders, as teachers, to share our failures, as parents to share our failures, um, and then share with our kids how we worked through those failures. You know, um, I, my kids that I taught and that I led, I mean, I was very transparent with them and same with the teachers, you know, very transparent about my experience in school and, you know, where I failed, but how I persevered through that. And then reinforcing that with that superhero mentality that you can do anything. You literally can do anything if you believe and you work hard. You can do it. And that's the piece that people often leave out is the extra working hard piece. And when maybe you guys didn't have this moment, but I know I did. Um, I would give an assessment and it seems like the entire class did bad on the assessment. Uh, I had did the, on the summative assessment, I did the formative piece. We were doing okay. And I'm like, what happened on the summative assessment? But what I started to, um, what I would tell my students, uh, that would feel bad. I would tell them you didn't fail and it shocked them. They're like, well, who failed? And I told them I did and they're like, wait a minute, Mr. Griffin, you didn't take the test. You didn't. I was like, no, you don't understand. If I did such a good job, you would have been successful. So I have to go back and brainstorm something else because somewhere I missed the mark. And what that ended up doing is it really made us very cohesive as a class. And I try to practice the same model at school as a principal. No one fails alone. 
Like when you just say the word fail, it's a dark word. It's a hard word because it means that you were deficient in something. And who wants to feel that way? Nobody. And that's something that we we struggle with, but we don't talk about it enough. Um, this past year at Prairie, one of the things that we did is we had educators record themselves and they had to share their video teaching in front of everyone. And yes, I'm sharing this Prairie. It's okay. Um, well, I'll be looking at Prairie's website to see how we can see those videos. <laughs> but it was interesting that what happened, it was this fear factor that came out at first. But no one would call it what it was. It was the fear of someone's going to judge me. Someone's going to criticize me. But that's not the purpose of us sharing the videos. The purpose of us sharing the videos is to learn from one another. Because what I saw happening is I would go into another classroom and the same strategy we talked about from your video that they saw you doing in your room, now they're doing in theirs. They just don't come back and tell you. But there was this overwhelming sense that I had to show everybody what I'm doing in my room. Um, isolation is the enemy of greatness. Nothing great was ever accomplished in isolation. So if we're truly a team, how can we fail? If we're truly a team, um, I could share my fear with you today because Marlene, I feel we're truly a team. I feel that by sharing that, you're not going to criticize me. You're not going to look for my weakness and say, God, he failed there. Let me tweet out that Dennis failed today. I don't, I don't get that sense from you. So if I have you supporting me, even in my shortcomings, and we're having reflective conversations on what we can do to get better, that's not a failure. Uh, I tell everyone at Prairie and everyone I meet, I don't believe in um, obstacles. I believe in opportunities. That every obstacle really presents itself as an opportunity for us to grow as a unit and do something better that's going to impact the world. So if, we, if I take that mindset with it, I can never fail because I'm always learning. And it's preparing me for the next time a very similar situation presents itself. Well, I've been through that battle once. I'm wiser now. But if I looked at it and said, oh, let me stop, Marlena, I would have never, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you talking to you today. I wouldn't be talking to everyone live tonight if I really always let fear dictate my life. And in the next blog, we're going to talk about that just a little bit. So, Can you give us a little peek about the next blog? Like um, a little... I'm currently writing it and I really wanted to have it ready for everyone tonight, but some things, I got really busy um, at work. But um, another group of superheroes is Green, the Green Lantern Corps. And you have the Sinestro Corps who their power comes from self-doubt. But then you have the Green Lantern Corps, their power comes from willpower. And with their willpower, they can construct anything that their mind imagined. Like talk about innovation, to be able to think something and then create it, all because they believe they can do it. Well, when you're around a group of people and everybody believes we can accomplish this goal, I don't care how many people you have on the other side, you can't beat me because my team is so grounded and we're so we're balancing each other off. Because there are some days I might not have as strong a willpower as I'm normally do but if you're matching my willpower every single day and raising it up to your level wow how powerful is that that's amazing so i talk about even 
I reflect on my process of writing this blog because Marlena, I've had people tell me, Dennis, you should write a book. And I'm saying, no one wants to read anything I have to write. Uh, write a blog, do a podcast. I'm, but it's that fear. And the moment that doubt seeped into my head, because it was already there to begin with, but I allowed it to control me. And what if, and I really felt that this happened when I wrote the blog, I felt like it touched a couple of people from their responses. What if I would have never written it? What if I wouldn't have accepted the challenge? That means that's one person whose life I didn't affect, that I didn't inspire. How can we change the world that we allow fear and doubt to always overtake us when it's time for us to stand up and be edu gladiators? Um, we have to advocate for ourselves, but we have to advocate for the greater good for kids. And we can't do that sitting on the bench. And in order to be an edu gladiator, I'm sorry, you're probably going to fail a couple of times. Absolutely, you will. <laughs> you're probably going to fail a couple of times. But if you have a team around you that has a very strong willpower, that doesn't view things as obstacles, they view them as opportunities, that they're telling you with our combined intellect, we can create and make anything happen on this earth. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a team I want to be a part of. That's a team I want to go to battle with every single day because I know they're going to support me and I'm going to support them. I need them on my team. You know what I love about your answer, Dennis, is that um, you uh, made me have a thought of that failure is not just a one-time occurrence. That for, like how you said, like you kind of go back and forth because that failure is kind of like always there. And I think our fears will probably always kind of be in, in the back of our head, but surrounding ourselves with people that lift us up, that motivate us, keeping the, the, the larger mission or the purpose in mind helps us push through those fears. Um, because every moment we're faced, I believe, we're faced with choices. Every single moment of the day, we're faced mm -hmm. with choices. And so when we are um, putting on our armor of edgy gladiators or putting on our cape as a superhero for our kids, we're making the choice every day to put them first and to move past our fears. We have to. Um, you know, it's um, in my doctoral studies, they showed us a YouTube video once, and I can't remember the name of it, but they actually said that superheroes and villains are the outliers because it comes down to a choice. And what happens, that doubt that I was talking about a little bit earlier. People let that overcome them, so they have a tendency to do nothing. And the moment you do that, the status quo prevails. And you can't be a superhero or a supervillain. You're just in this nebulous gray area because you didn't make the choice to go one way or the other. You chose to ignore. And I understand it because another thing that we fail to talk about a lot we do not like conflict. We like to witness conflict on movies. It engages us. We want to see how it turns out. Sure. But on many occasions, we do not like to engage in, in conflict. And conflict isn't always bad. There's a professional way to have high levels of discourse, to see each other's opinion and perspective, and then come to a consensus on this is why we have to move 
towards a certain path. But a lot of times what will happen is there's a choice on the table. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to make anybody upset. So I'm going to choose neither and I'll let everybody else choose. Well, at that moment, you made a choice not to commit to anything. Exactly. So if you don't commit, how can you be held accountable to something that you never committed to to begin with? So we have to really align and lock arms and say, we're making choices, put it all on the table and say, as a unit, this is why we're going to move in this direction. If we choose to do that, we're going back to that willpower piece because we're walking hand in hand, we're walking step by step together. We can accomplish anything, but we have to make that choice that you're saying, um, that choice to be energetic in the morning when kids walk through the door. That is a choice. We have to choose to let go because it happens to everyone. There's a kid that, oh my goodness, they did this yesterday. Let it go. That is somebody else's son or daughter. Wouldn't you want your son or daughter to have a second chance? Didn't you want a second chance when you were a kid? Didn't you get a second chance at some point? <laughs> Thank you. And I don't know where this happened, Marlena. For some reason, as educators, I think every educator had straight A's when they were in school. <laughs> like we failed to forget that there was classes that I struggled with too, but I had a support system. I could go to my teachers and talk to them and they didn't get frustrated because I didn't get it their way. They continued to work and try to explain it to me in different ways so that I could understand it so that not just understand, but I would be able to apply it. If we're just having kids learn facts, and they can't become critical thinkers, our world won't change. Because we're preparing them to fight villains that haven't been established yet. Wow, that was a mic drop like no other. And you know, Dennis, um, man, this has been so, so, so great. I mean, just a powerful, powerful uh, podcast. And you know, if you are watching this live, um, and if you're watching the replay of this as well, please be sure to share this out. Um, Nicholas, thank you, Nicholas. He said, this is a comment for you, Dennis, that you would understand. And, you know, I think it's great because uh, it kind of wraps up, you know, what we've talked about and and kind of uh, kind of where we're going as far as always believing in yourself, too. Nicholas says, Dennis, uh, he said, this is a comment for Dennis. He'll understand. In brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, green lantern's light. Tell Nicholas he absolutely has to read the next the next vlog. You heard that, Nicholas? Great minds think alike. Tell Nicholas that exact mantra is in the next vlog, and. There's something I, I don't want to give it away because I want everybody so don't, to read. Don't, don't, don't. We're going to stop. We're going to stop. I won't give it away then. But what Nicholas just said is how the next blog will end, but there's a challenge that goes with that. Because the first challenge was, will you join us in being heroes? Okay. There's a new challenge in the next blog that's coming up. There's a new challenge at the end. That's how the blog ends, Nicholas, with the Green Lantern, Lantern Mantra. That's how the blog is. I have the ending already set. I'm working out all the other pieces. So I love it. It's wow. Great I month. Love it. I love room. it. I am definitely in the right place. I love it. 
Thanks everyone for watching tonight. Thank you, Dennis, for joining us and just sharing such amazing insight into how we can tap into our, our superpowers, sharing um, and just being so transparent and vulnerable in sharing uh, your fears and how you've worked through things that I know I'm inspired. Uh, from listening to it and I know others that are watching are also inspired and if you're watching the replay again Please share this out because this right here is powerful and we are going to feature uh, Dennis's next blog on that part two on the edugladiators.com. We're going to feature that on our site So be on the lookout for that this week So if you are not following edugladiators handle on Twitter if you're not part of our Instagram page is Edu Gladiators. If you're not part of our Facebook page, if you're not following our YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? Put on your cape, get your shield, whatever it is you do, and let's gladiate for our kids. Um, Dennis. I have extra masks if you need them. Yes. Robin. We have Robin. You can be the Flash, whoever you want to be. You just can't be Batman because I'm Batman. But okay. we have, there's more than enough room for the superheroes of the world. More than enough I love it. I love it. Hey, Dennis, if people want to get in contact with you and follow along in your uh, superhero adventures, how can they find you on Twitter? Um, my Twitter handle is at D4Griffin3. Um, that's where, and I use Twitter pretty much every day because I love learning so much from all of my members of my professional learning network. Uh, I have to thank them sincerely for helping me get through the last week or so with the blog that I posted because the support has really elevated my level to take more risk and be willing to share my ideas and my thoughts with everyone. So thank you to everyone for your support, for reading, for retweeting, for liking. Um, I truly appreciate you and words can't really express it. Um, I just really thank you for the opportunity for being an edu gladiator. Uh, you always welcome me with open arms and I truly thank you for that. Uh, but it's been an amazing night. Thank you so much for everybody for tuning in. And I'm going to retweet this and share it with other people as well. Um, Marlena, thank you just so much. And please, everybody, don't doubt yourself. Uh, if you decide to doubt yourself, how are you going to teach kids not to doubt themselves? You have to be able to deal with the risk. You have to be able to deal with the fear. And I'll talk about it more in the next blog, but if you're not able to do that, how does our world change for the greater good? And that's what we're fighting for. Every kid deserves that opportunity to have a champion, to have a hero in their corner. And you're that hero. Um, I know you are because even now in the summer, you're here with us sharing and learning where you could have been sleep. You could have been just watching TV. I know Game of Thrones came on last night and <laughs> I'm just getting into that. but. There are so many other things you could have been doing, but you're here learning and growing your professional learning network with us to enhance the lives of the kids that you serve. And that is the ultimate superpower. So I wanna thank you for doing that and please continue to do so because what you're doing is you're creating a legacy. And the kids that you serve right now, you have to remember Batman had Robin. Eventually Robin grew up and Batman became old and Batman couldn't do the job anymore. But guess who filled his shoes? It was Robin, and he kept the same core principles that Batman held, and he continued to fight the good fight to ensure that the world was going to be a better place, and that's what you're doing. So thank you for that. 
And if you need anything from me at D4Griffin3, um, definitely go to Edu Gladiators and definitely follow Marlena because she does amazing work and she will continue to motivate you as well. Um, but just thank you for inviting me tonight. And I'm really glad that I had this opportunity. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. And again, guys, retweet this out. Watch the replay. I'm telling you, just nuggets of truth throughout this entire time tonight uh, with you, Dennis. And uh, for those of you that are looking forward to next.